This is Tim Staten with Tim Stating the Obvious. What is this podcast about? It's simple. You are entitled to great leadership everywhere you go, whether it's to church, whether it's to work, whether it's at your house, you are entitled to great leadership. And so in this podcast, we take leadership principles and theories and turn them into everyday, relatable, and usable advice. And a quick disclaimer, this show, process, or service by trademark, trademark manufacturer, otherwise does not necessarily constitute an implied endorsement of anyone that I employed by or favors them in representation. The views are expressed here in my show are my own expressed and do not necessarily state or reflect those of any employer. Hey, and welcome back to another episode. I'm really excited about this episode because in this one, we had the opportunity uh, to sit down and interview and talk with Pamela Koppelman. Pam is the Director of Compliance and Policy Review at Norwich University, which is a private senior military college in Northfield, Vermont. Prior to joining Norwich, she served 21 years on active duty in the United States Army. Pam was a logistics officer by trade, but had the pleasure of serving as an inspector general two times in her career, which is where she discovered her true calling in life as a compliance officer. Her views on compliance aren't just about following the rules for the sake of following the rules. She strives to make it fun and engaging while focusing on the importance of compliance and the positive impacts such as workplace culture, morale, and overall well-being of the employees and organization. So we're going to take a quick moment here and we're going to dive right into the conversation that we had uh so just to kind of start things off it's like so what what is a compliance and ethics officer um well that is a great question uh i will tell you that you know jokingly uh, a lot of folks say that the compliance officer or the compliance and ethics officer is the workplace police and we make everyone follow the rules oh so while that is true I would say it shouldn't be viewed so negatively. Uh, I would say a compliance officer is here to help. Um, and you should really believe me when I say that because we don't want there to be non-compliance or misconduct in the workplace because that means more work for us and who wants more work. Uh, so I would share just as a compliance officer, I'm ultimately in charge of the compliance program. And in theory, a compliance program is designed to detect and prevent misconduct. And it's accomplished through many ways um, that, you know, uh, so like we could start with, you know, identifying and assessing areas of compliance and risk. And that's done through internal uh, and external audits, as well as, you know, I ensure that there are policies and procedures in place, especially ones that are related to ethical principles of an organization, such as a conflict of interest or conflict of commitment policy, whistleblower protection and non-retaliation, and even a code of conduct. Uh, Some other things that we do as a compliance officer um, and how we help organizations is through developing an education and training program. Um, And again, people always love more education and training um, at work. Uh, Moreover, we provide input and direction to various departments on their policies and procedures to ensure that their policies and procedures are encouraging proper conduct of employees and that that policy or procedure also supports the conformity to the organization's overall compliance program. Um, Again, we work with leadership to provide relevant information uh, to the staff and that they have the proper information and knowledge of all of the regulatory issues that govern that particular industry. Okay, so with everything that you just said, let's pretend mm-hmm. that I'm a CEO 
or a president okay. of a college, why should I care about compliance? What does that equate to in, in a pain point for me later on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, for a CEO or a president of an organization or even, you know, a board, compliance and ethics can impact your bottom line. It impacts, you know, your financial and or reputational growth. Um, a good solid compliance program will provide safeguards for the organization's legal and ethical responsibilities. Um, additionally, it, you know, it demonstrates a commitment to honest and ethical conduct, not only to your employees, but to your community. And, and that's whoever your community is. It could be your business partners, investors, or customers. Um, the compliance program is designed to prevent unethical conduct and ultimately it reduces your exposure to civil and criminal penalties. Which, which I would assume every leader out there wants to make sure that they avoid, avoid getting you know, make sure they're not on the front page of the news, make sure that they're not, you know, subject to any federal or state fines or fees because they didn't, you know, adhere to something or, you know, internal issues, right? People quitting because of a climate that they created for not following their own internal policies or procedures, correct? That is correct. What do you look for in your leadership when it comes to how you fit in on the team, on the board? Because you're a direct report to to somebody, I would assume, right? So I can start with, um, you know, who I report to. Um, and I will tell you, <laughs> this is a bit of a sensitive subject and not necessarily for me, but for compliance officers and generals. Um, and there are some folks that have some very strong opinions about who um, they report to. Um, and as you can imagine, there are advantages and disadvantages for where the compliance officer is positioned and and who they report to um, because it, it can make a difference. And so in my organization, um, I don't report directly to the president, but I have unimpeded and unfiltered access to the president as well as the board. Um, and to me, that's like one of the most important things whenever you have a compliance officer, um, whether it's the chief compliance officer or just a director of compliance, um, it, it's all about the organization and it really just depends and then but the important factors are as long as your compliance officer has independence and that unimpeded access to the president the ceo the board whomever you know is that ultimate governing body for that organization and that they have the authority to truly oversee the compliance program and that you give them access to the organization and relevant information in order for them to do their job, you know, ethically. Um, and then because ultimately their goal is to keep the organization compliant and ethical. And lastly, kind of giving them a seat at the table, you know, involving them in those important business meetings and the decisions that are made, such as budget reviews, such strategic planning and risk management, having them involved in that um, it shows that, you know, it doesn't really matter or it, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it it can influence, um, you know, the, that organization. And to me, as as long as those basic elements are like achieved, like giving them that independence and the freedom of maneuver within the organization, it doesn't matter if they report to the general counsel or the chief operating officer or the CEO. It's, you know, 
it's really just about making sure that they are able to do their job independently and unbiased. The, so that's that's a great point where you talked about independent and unbiased. So how so I guess the, the mm-hmm. question would be, um, you know, as a compliance officer, how when, when you go around uh, and you take a look at things, are you given a list by your the board or somebody else to say, hey, I'm concerned about these areas. I, I, I need to look at these. Or do you just kind of happen to just look around, talk to people, and you stumble upon things, and then you make recommendations to the board or the governing body of, hey, we probably have a a problem in these areas, or we might want to take a look? It's really both. Um, So whenever there is an internal or external audit, you know, and then you get the results of that, um, sometimes that informs, you know, the the priorities for an organization. or if there is an internal or external audit coming up, they may have, you know, you look at something um, to do a precursory look to see, you know, if there are any big issues from that audit that, you know, the forthcoming audit. Um, or it can be, you know, the other thing where as I'm walking around and, you know, water cooler talk and just listening to people, you know, I identify some trends um, that can have a, you know, a significant impact on, you know, the the organization's, you know, operations, you know, you know, depending on what the industry is and what their operation is. It, I mean, it really kind of comes from both. And it's a, and you, at the end of the day, you know, I would say it's a good, you know, it's a mixture of them and, and it's, uh, yeah, and that's just, I mean, and I think that would be a good program would have a mixture of that. And it's not all just from the governing body or all just from what the compliance officer is seeing. Yeah. And so I would imagine it, what, what it could look like in an office uh, setting, if you know, you're walking by, how often do people see you come and they go, oh, there's the compliance officer. I'm turning the other way. So funny you should ask. Whenever I first started at um, Norwich University, that is exactly what happened. Uh, and I'm not going to say that I was the first person in this role, but it was um, relatively a new formalized position within the university uh, because before it was um, a, a couple of other folks had done it, but not on such a large scale for the university. And whenever I was introduced to folks and they, um, they heard, they, they would be like, they would turn around and walk the other way, jokingly, mostly. Um, but they did in, and that was part of, that's part of my campaign to try to get folks to not view the compliance officer as, you know, the bearer of bad news. Um, I'm trying to, you know, get everybody to look at it. I'm like, if I come to you, it's normally because I want to help before the problem occurs, even though I do sometimes show up after the problem occurs. But oftentimes when I come in and I'm asking questions, it's because I'm trying to be helpful and get, you know, get everything compliant before it becomes a real problem. But they do absolutely um Right. Jokingly and seriously, when they see me come in, walk the other way or give like this sigh, like, oh, no, what right, now? Right. Like, what 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 bad news you're going to give me or like, what what did I do wrong? Yes. Right. And then and that's not necessarily the case, because I could imagine, uh, you know, just like you said, with that position, your your job is to make sure that the organization is operating within the ethical confines of their left and right limits and making sure that everybody's has the resources that they need to do the job properly uh, or at least the policy in place to do the job properly. 
yes, I mean, ultimately, that's, you know, kind of part of my job is, um, is, you know, to ensure that those policies or procedures in place and, and identify, you know, the gaps and seams, um, whether it be your resources and resources come in terms of, you know, time, people or money. Right. So I, so here's a question that, that I just thought about. So if so. So let's say I, I have noticed a significant difference in what senior leadership sees in the workplace and what they think should happen. And then you get bottom up feedback from your frontline workers, the people closest to the issues or the problems. And then you have this middle group of middle management who thinks neither group is correct in any of their assessment of what's actually going on. And they kind of filter out kind of they they filter out the issues that they're trying to change from the middle that the top is trying to either implement or change because they hear it from somebody at the front line end or vice versa. Do you see something similar to that? Absolutely. Um, And so I guess the best way I can kind of answer that is, you know, kind of looking at it from, you know, compliance efforts and time management and and priorities and how whenever priorities are, you know, stated, you know, as it trickles down, it doesn't always translate the same. Um, but ultimately, you know, as it relates to compliance, compliance is part of everything that we do and everyone is involved in it. And I hate to say that because it's so generic, but, but it's the truth. Um, and there needs to be a shift in how we view compliance. And so I was kind of th- kind of reflecting on this earlier and I, it just made me think of col- our college days, right? Uh, when we were in college and you had a big test coming up and you really didn't do the work leading up to it. So you stay up all night and you cram for it. Then the morning comes and you're like, okay, I'm just going to take a quick nap before the test. But then that nap turns into oversleeping. And so you wake up you run to the class to take the test, but you're late. You rush through it, don't have enough time to finish it, and you still fail. And so you did all of that for what? So in hindsight, you know, and with all of our current wisdom experience, we know that we should have been more prudent to take those small and necessary steps along the way, such as studying, doing the homework, and then we would have had a better outcome. So compliance to me is similar to that. Um, and, and it's also in other business areas. You know, we have the same, that same MO. We don't care until it's staring us in the face. Um, I kind of mentioned earlier that, you know, people look at compliance as the the police or the cops of an organization. And it's like we only follow follow the rules when someone's watching. But how I see it really happening is you will see a, a big company get hit with a fine or penalty from the federal government for non-compliance. Senior leaders of another organization see this and then they turn around and look at their own company and set a priority and say, oh, my goodness, every, I need everybody to focus on compliance and make sure that we're good because I don't want us to be the next headline in the newspaper for non-compliance of insert standard here. Well, as it goes down, that priority doesn't always translate and middle management doesn't see or understand that big picture and they just feel like they're redoing work or validating previous reports and it's unnecessary and it isn't a priority to them. Um, and so at the same time, for different reason than the senior leaders, the employees, those frontline workers doing the actual work, want to follow the processes and be compliant as part of their job in general, um, because also 
also there are usually repercussions if they aren't following those those basic rules and procedures. And it's possibly subconsciously that they want to, you know, follow the process and be compliant because they know if they don't do it now, then they're going to be rushing to do it later. So I, I think that that might have answered it. It's just like the priorities don't translate. And I think it's oftentimes because our middle management aren't seeing the big picture because maybe as a senior leader, you don't explain the why behind it. And I know that that is not always um, what folks want to hear, senior leaders want to hear, because they want people just to execute because they said so. But you kind of get, you got to get buy-in from from your employees and you get the buy-in by explaining the importance, which is the why you have them doing something. Yeah, I, I can relate from a, a similar experience, like with my own uh, experience. So, you know, as a, as a junior leader, I would hear, you know, the higher ups, you know, say something like, okay, well, that's important. They said it was important. I got to start doing it. Then you start working on it. And then, you know, your, your boss or your boss's boss would be like, what are you doing? That's not, that's not important right now. Like, well, the boss said to do it. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't mean it like, right now that we got all of these other things that are more important to do before we get to that. And so it would create a frustration in how the communication flow went with when it came to priorities. And even, and even now I hear a lot of, well, I don't have enough time to complete everything that I'm supposed to do and then get to the things that I really want to do. And I think, you know, with, with the help of a compliance officer, it kind of focuses you on the things that are really going to eat your lunch uh, at the end of the day and affect the bottom line. And so if you're a leader out there and you're listening to this and you go, maybe I'm not employing my compliance officer the right way, or maybe I don't understand my compliance office as well as I should, because prior to actually going into uh, the compliance job yourself, you know, how much did you really know about compliance? Uh, well, I, based on my background in the military, I mean, it, I always felt like uh, there, there was there was rules for everything. There was rules for the rules, um, and I knew that that they were there for a reason. Um, but I will tell you, I didn't always fully understand that reason. Um, but it, it wasn't until, um, gosh, let me see, I'm trying to think. I was probably you know ten or twelve years into my career in the military before I truly understood compliance, and that was actually the first time that I served as an inspector general for the for the army that I truly understood compliance and why we do the things that we do in that to stay compliant and ethical within um, within our organization. So I mean, I, yeah. So it took me a good ten to twelve years, and you know, I guess at that point is when I was you know truly I was. Just above middle management, I suppose. Yeah, right. And then you're like, oh, I, I was the problem. No, absolutely. And I was like, oh, I was the problem. You're absolutely right. Um, for several years, I was the no, problem. No, it, the same thing for me, too. Uh, I came to the same realization. I was like, oh, man, I, I was the problem for, for a while, only because you just had a different thought of priorities of, of what's really important. And then, you know, now that you're in this compliance job, you know, really for those out there that are listening, what advice would you have for somebody who is brand new to leadership and they're in charge of a cross-functional team and they're in charge of managing and being responsible for and leading, uh, you know, a compliance officer? Uh, maybe they're a, an executive on the C-suite. Maybe they just are, they're a president. Maybe they're on a board. What advice would you give? 
I, I would tell them that a compliance program really starts with them. It's that tone of the tone at the top. The, you know, the head of the organization or the head of the team needs to champion the culture of doing the right thing, or you know, some people say doing the hard right over the easy wrong. And, and that's really what it you know boils down to for me is that you know that they need to champion that culture of compliance because at the end of the day, if they champion the program from the beginning, then it's like they have better safeguards in place to, you know, keep them compliant. And then they don't have to worry whenever the SEC or whatever governing body body from the federal government says, oh, we're going to inspect you or audit you for insert, you know, industry inspection, auditing, um, criteria here and they're jumping through hoops in order to become compliant because it again because they they know that they have a an effective compliance program that they have the culture and they are you know doing the right things and doing those hard rights and so to me it's about you know just really setting that tone from their level down through their organization about the importance of compliance and ethics no, that, that, that's a great point about making sure that you champion that from the beginning because it will definitely help you later on down the road, uh, down the line. Especially, I don't, I don't really think you can you can come back on that after you haven't been you know firm on it, and then something's going to come up like you said. Oh, this other organization has this issue. Compliance officer, I need you to fix it now. Like, how is that going to work? Um, not very well, um, because, you know, so that's, so I will tell you, that's like a little bit of a, um, you know, people like even now come to me they're like, well, you're the compliance officer. You're supposed to do this. Right. And I'm like, well, I oversee the compliance program. I was like, but the subject matter expert for that particular area. So say it's HR, like you're the one still responsible for ensuring that you're compliant with this law regulation or policy i'm here to facilitate and to ensure that you know the entire compliance program for the organization is in place and that we are doing the right things and so a compliance officer isn't always there to do every compliance thing because that would be physically impossible um but i mean it's so but yeah if they if something happens and they come to their compliance officer and say you need to go help them fix this then that's what i do then i go to whatever department needs the help and i help them fix it but it's um it's not it's not an easy task once it's already because sometimes you're past the point of no return right and then it's going to take a lot of monetary resources and other time and resources to fix it right and and again depending on what the area is i mean it comes with penalties and fines some greater than others which which is not cool at the end of the day to be paying out a lot of money for stuff no definitely not again well right i mean it 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 impacts your your bottom line for your company um if your company is you know about you know financial growth um you know an example that i can give um about that was just actually uh last last september um so one of the big things you know that's been in the news of late is you know records management everybody's like oh records management so easy you know you just you just keep stuff. Well, that's not exactly how that works. Um, it's all about keeping things in the right order, having organization and keeping things for the right amount of time. Uh, so again, just last last September, September 2022, the SEC fined, um, I wouldn't, it was, yeah, eight, eight, 
firms total for $125 million each for failing to maintain um, electronic communications for the correct period of time. So that totaled $1.1 billion. Um, And we're talking about big companies, you know, like Barclays Capital, Goldman Sachs and company, Morgan Stanley. So and that was that was in the news last September. Um, And then you also see um, like I work in higher education. uh, And so you see higher education um, and universities being fined for not maintaining records as it relates to campus safety reports and the personnel that are trained um, for um, doing those campus reportings. It's called the Clery Act. And so if, uh, depending on the university, you know, you have to, um, the size of the university, you have to have so many people trained, you have to submit annual reports. And if you don't keep those reports and it's not in the right, you know, organization, you know, you can, the university can be fined by the Department of Education for for record keeping failures. Wow. So for not keeping an email like you should have or keeping other some type of electronic data filed away or keeping it like you should have, that's a lot of money just for inappropriately not filing something away. And, and absolutely. And so um, records management is a is a big undertaking um, for an organization. Um, and because when people think records management, they're thinking paper copies and forms, and that's not always the end of it. So a, a broader term may be, you know, to encompass everything is information and data governance, um, which encompasses every type of Um, record that an organization may have. And again, so those electronic communications, depending on what is in those, they may have to be retained for, you know, for several years. And if you don't maintain them, then you've lost a record that, you know, would back up a transaction that you may have had that was required um, for auditing purposes. That, That would be a rough day. Uh, for that organization when they come out and be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you own this uh, $120 million because you didn't file that paper or you didn't file that digit. You didn't file that ones right. and zero like you should have. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We're going to we're going to charge you $120 million. On that. No. no, absolutely. And, you know, and I mean, that's that's a lot of money. I mean, I don't know, like, you know, how bad that was for some of these companies because they're, you know, rather large uh, organizations, but still nobody, no CEO of an organization wants to get slapped with a $125 million fine from the SEC over record keeping. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that, that would be crazy uh, if that happened. I would not want to be that guy on that day, but. No, neither would I, I wouldn't want to be that compliance officer either. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Because I guess the the question would come back is, well, how did you let this happen? And and I could honestly probably ha- have the argument where like that person's probably like, well, I, I tried to not let this happen, but you know these people are responsible for it, and these people didn't do what they were supposed to do. And so so it, that kind of brings up some challenges. So what are some of the the challenges that you find? Uh, since you've taken over, you know, a compliance position that you didn't think that you would have like being stuck in the middle of something that, you know, you, you know, you're the compliance person, you're responsible for making sure people understand the policy, understand the regulation, understand how to do it, uh, or not necessarily how to do it, but what to get after they, they should know the how, uh, but what challenges uh, do you, do you 
experience? I mean, there there are quite a few challenges, um, and it. But I would say the biggest challenge is, um, even though, like I said earlier in the conversation, is that your compliance officer, you know, you got to give them authority. But we only there's only so much authority a compliance officer has because at the end of the day, I mean, like, can you really make someone do something that's required of them? And and it's um and it's yes and no at the same time. So. I can, the biggest challenge I have is getting folks to understand, you know, like this is what the rule or law says. When I look at this, I do not believe that we are following the rule or law. And I recommend these are the steps that you take to come into compliance with said rule or law. And it's that execution piece, getting that person to understand where I'm coming from and then actually take my recommendations um, and you know, come into compliance with, with the, you know, the standard. And I would say that's the biggest challenge is because I can't make them do it. I mean, I can, and I could go to my boss, the pro, the provost or the, the uh, president or to the board and say, but that's not really how you want to handle those things. Um, and so it's, that is one of the challenges is just getting the the folks to understand. And then, and sometimes it's not because they don't want to do it. It goes back to the other conversation we had. They're like, I don't have enough time to do this. And so that kind of leads me into the, going back to the setting the priorities um, in that your priorities need to be consistent from the top to the bottom on what you want to do in the compliance officer needs needs, you know, and how they can help that organization is identify those where we have risk and then prioritize them, you know, or help prioritize them. And then general counsel also needs to be involved in that conversation because, again, I I would, you know, if there's an organization out there that says that they follow all the rules all the time, I, I, I would, I wouldn't, you know, I would probably say that they're lying because it's, it's almost impossible to follow all the rules all of the time. And so you have to prioritize what, what you can do. And, and so that's, you know, again, that's where your time management comes into play um, and getting that tone from the top, you know, once you establish what your priorities are and, you know, and take those top compliance ones and move them to the top and then make sure that everybody's on the same sheet. And then again, the reason why general counsel is involved is because they will look at it from a legal representation standpoint. Like if you can't follow all of the rules, here's the ones that are going to, you know, hit you the hardest if you don't follow these. Yeah. Like hit you the hardest. Like this is what's going to cost you $120 million if you don't do it. Right. Or, I mean, or like, um, yeah, it costs you money or your reputation. Yeah. so I, I would say it you know, money and reputation or even like employee retention, um, whatever, you know, yeah, it, however you measure success within your organization, I mean, it can hit you in that area that takes away from your success. No, that's a great point because I've been doing a lot of um, episodes about employee engagement and then employee retention. Uh, so how how can the compliance officer help? with employee retention? No, that's a great question. Um, It kind of goes back to that culture. Um, So when you have an organization that doesn't have policies and procedures in place, then it can impact employee morale, their, you know, workplace satisfaction. They don't feel um, like they can speak up or say things at work um, when, as it relates to, um, 
noncompliance or misconduct or any other type of violation of law, regulation, or policy. Um, compliance, you know, kind of gives them, you know, that warm and fuzzy that the organization is honest and doing and trying to do the right thing, not only for its employees, but for the larger community. Um, and that, you know, compliance just, you know, kind of helps employees have that, um, again, yeah, that warm and fuzzy that they're doing the right thing. And when employees are happy, they tend to stay with a company a little longer. Yeah, no, that that's a great point. I was just curious, you know, how that how that tied into employee retention. That's a great way of of, of helping that out. So if anyone's out there and you're new uh, to this and you're in a position and you're you're kind of wondering, you know, if you have like a low uh, workplace satisfaction, I, I would offer up talk to your compliance officer and see if there's anything that they know that you don't know that could be contributing to low workplace satisfaction based off of a lack of adherence or compliance to certain things. Uh, Cause compliance officers know a lot because they're your eyes and ears of your organization. Cause one, they're out there, they're out there talking to people, looking around, always engaged in multiple different directorates or different roles uh, talking to folks. And then two people talk to them and then you get bottom up feedback from from folks so like i would imagine that you've also developed relationships with people as you know you're a very uh outgoing person and you're very personable i'm sure people would be like oh you know i I could just talk to you about whatever and they start talking to you and then you go oh well, that's interesting you're absolutely right um <laughs> people say will say the damnedest things sometimes uh when you're talking with them and it's because they do um and again a compliance officer should be approachable and um have you know some you know personable characteristics so that way so people will talk to them and again and the goal is not to get people in trouble it's to make the organization better make them be compliant make them be ethical and again i I really am striving to change the way people view um compliance officers because it's not about getting folks in trouble again it's about getting to the left of the problem um to make it a you know more successful you know, organization. Yeah, absolutely. So I, so I guess to, to kind of wrap this up, the, the last question I would have is if somebody is interested in doing compliance work, what route should somebody take to start to get into that type of career field? Um, so no, that is a great question. Um, well, like I said earlier, you know, everybody already has some level of involvement in compliance because they follow the rules and the procedures within their organization. And they just really need to kind of like dig a little bit more into um, their own organization and find out um, who their compliance officer is and how they can become. um, A lot of organizations have internal compliance. They call either compliance champion or they have a compliant counterpart in each of their sub like departments or offices within larger organizations and then reach out to them and see how they can, you know, become more involved within their own organization within um, with compliance. And then if they, once they kind of get to that level, um, there's also a couple of different organizations. I'm going to throw out a um, one, the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics. Um, that is a professional 
organization for compliance and ethics officers, um, and they can look at becoming certified through them. Um, there are some requirements such as you have to have, I believe it's 1,500 hours of compliance um, work prior to um, submitting your application. You have to take an exam. You have to do continuing education. But I, I would say that the first place to start is within your within your own organization, um, because even if there's not a formal compliance program, um, there would there's probably compliance experts within the organization and you could start with them um, and start learning the ins and outs of your of your own industry no that, that's a that's a great point that everybody kind of is a compliance officer in some form or fashion and it, it no no you are because you i mean you are very knowledgeable don't get me wrong uh, you know a lot you know a lot about rules and you know about the regulations and so should each uh, person who's responsible for their different department or directorate. They should know the same rules and regulations you know. You're just the person that should know it all. And I guess I, I, I do have another question then. Uh, how often do you find that people go to you thinking that you have all the answers? A lot. Um, I can't I can't put a number or a statistic or a percentage to it, but a lot. Um, but that's, you know what, I mean, that's okay. Um, even I have subject matter experts from departments calling me for help and that's, but that's what they should do. Right. Because I'm like the second line of defense, um, in, or the first line, however you want to look at it, they come to me and, and sometimes it's all about, they just need a second set of eyes on whatever the issue is that they're having and getting just that perspective from me on whether or not that they are in compliance or not, or or a decision that they need to make that would, you know, whether that decision would make them compliant or non-compliant or like violating a, you know, a, a rule, so to speak. Um, so, but they do, they come to it, but I encourage that. I encourage, like I tell everybody, when in doubt, call me. And I was like, and we will, we will figure it out, you know, together. No, that's awesome. And and I think that's a great way to have that perspective. Uh, and I'm really glad that you're very open and you're very approachable too. I'm sure Norwich University is extremely excited to have you uh, there as their compliance officer, because I'm sure you, you bring a lot to the table and you're bringing that program uh, to the next level. I can already I can already tell it just by talking to you on the phone and how energetic you are. I know you're taking it to the next level. Uh, which is a great thing for that organization, and, and you know, of course, for you, you personally as well. So I'm really glad that you decided that you were like, "Hey, yeah, you know, I will be on your show, and we'll talk about compliance." Uh, I was, I tell everybody, it takes a, it takes a special person to be a compliance officer, um, because you have to be excited over rules, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> in reading, in research, um, and and I'm not gonna lie, it's not for everyone. Um, but if you find satisfaction in researching and finding the answer that you know, you know that the other person can't answer, then this might be your line of work. Because I am knee deep in you know federal regulations, state <laughs> state regulations. Um, every day I'm knee deep in them and um, trying to find the answer that's buried in a hundred pages of law. And and it's so rewarding whenever you find it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So well, at least for me, it is. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it is. So I, I 
I like you enjoy uh, nerdy and geeky things and doing research. That's why I also do this podcast because it, it keeps my brain sharp, right? It keeps me abreast of everything, everything that's currently Absolutely. going on and, and makes you smarter on a lot of different things and a different area topics. And then you kind of like a jack of all trades, but really like a master of none of them. But then people think you are the master of all of them because that's kind of the perception they get when they talk to you because you make sure you have the right answer every time you talk to people and you have rules, regulations, and data to support uh, what you're saying. So uh, compliance officers, I think, are, are really about informing people that make decisions so they can make the right decisions, the right policies at the right time to to really help the organization avoid disastrous financial consequences down the road or even perception uh, consequences down the road. So I really appreciate your time and your perspective and coming on the show and, and talking about it. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, so I have one parting comment. Um, so just of note, so Corporate Compliance and Ethics Week is coming up. It's November 5th through 11th. And um, many organizations across the or actually around the world, um, celebrate this. And so we are participating and celebrating at Norwich University. So I just want to ask, are you? No, that, that's a great question. Hey, so you know what? If if you are participating, uh, let's, let's talk about this. So if you are participating, go ahead and go to the either the, the Instagram or the Facebook page or even a comment on this video or episode of whatever you're listening to on whatever platform you're listening to it on. Go ahead and leave a comment of what you're doing to participate and take a photo of how you're going to participate. And and so that way everyone could just know that, yes, you said you were, but you also have proof uh, that you participated. And so I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, uh, thank you for stopping by and listening to this episode. But before we go, I'd like to ask a favor of you, if we could, if you could please share this episode with one or two other people who might like this topic. If you haven't followed or subscribed on the platform you're listening to this on, please hit the bells and alert icons and all the whistles that you can. So that way, you know, when we post another episode, if you got some value out of this episode, please leave a comment uh, so we can help spread the show with other other people who might be interested in this topic but haven't quite found the show yet. Again, I'm really looking forward to your Facebook posts on our Facebook page and the link uh, is down in the description below. So you can go there and you can check out all that you're doing about compliance and ethics this coming week and, and really give some feedback on how you're celebrating and you're raising awareness of this topic. Again, thanks for stopping by. I'm Tim Staten, stating the obvious.